Hello, everybody. Uh, my name, as you've heard, is Alison Donnelly. I'm a payments regulation specialist, uh, lead of project regulator, and uh, a, a um, director of a compliance, governance, and risk consultancy, FSCOM. I'm very pleased to be speaking to you today about consumer duty, and even more pleased to be joined by my very good friend, Nalexa. Nalexa? Uh, over to you to introduce yourself. Oh, thank you, Alison. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Nalixa Devlukia. I'm the CEO of Payments Solved, um, a consultancy that provides regulatory advice to um, firms, both large and small. I sit on the European Central Bank's Market Advisory Group for a Digital Euro, and I sit on the European Commission's uh, Payment Systems Expert Group as well. And it's my pleasure to be here today, thank you, Alison, um, to talk about, I'm sure, a topic that is the front of many of your minds, which is the consumer duty. Absolutely. So, Nalexa and I uh, met each other when we were both working for the FCA a long time ago. Uh, but more recently, we've been working together on Project Regulator. And with Project Regulator, we have held a couple of events for firms to talk about the consumer duty. I think one of the things that has really come through on that is that there is a wide spectrum of readiness for consumer duty. So I'm not going to assume that everybody here knows the details and ins and outs of consumer duty. So just in case you don't, let's start with the basics. Alexa. What is consumer duty? So the consumer duty is a obligation that the FCA is imposing on all regulated firms and the aim of it is for these firms to put consumers and by consumers we mean individuals, microenterprises and small charities. So it's not just individuals. You also have to think about your, uh, what we would call business customers as well, microenterprises, small charities, uh, at the forefront of how they interact with them, how they communicate with them, the products and services they provide to them, and whether those products and services are suitable, that they are not going to cause what the FCA calls foreseeable harm, um, and that they provide, in effect, value for money, because the consumer duty has different sort of subject headings, and one of those is price and value. So we know, everybody knows that there is the obligation for treating customers fairly. So this is just treating customers fairly? I would say it's, um, well, treating customers fairly and goes beyond probably TCF on steroids. <laughs> um, Treating customers fairly has been around for a long time. The FCA has obviously taken the position that more needs to be done to ensure that consumers don't come to harm within the financial services ecosystem. It's asking firms to really do quite a lot of thinking and analysis about how they interact with their consumers, how they talk to their consumers, whether they actually check in, I say check in with their consumers, but whether they're monitoring the products and services that they provide to their consumers, and whether those consumers are getting suitable products and services. Um, and then at the end of all of that, they actually want uh, the firms to be monitoring and reporting data as to how they are meeting their continuing consumer duty obligations. So I want to say TCF there for a minute, <laughs> consumer duty obligations. Okay. So I've been working with payment and e-money institutions for 
best part of a decade, a bit longer. Uh, I don't think I've ever come across a firm that said, we do not have the best outcomes in, of, for consumers in mind. So are we saying here that the FCA, and, and bearing in mind what you said earlier, it's not just for the payment sector. Are we saying that the FCA has got deep concerns that, this, that something's going really wrong? Is the financial services sector rotten to the core? I, I wouldn't have gone to the extent of rotten to the core. I think that even amongst ourselves, we're all aware of um, matters in the financial services sector where we can see it's gone wrong. If you look at the challenges that came with payday lending, and, and, you know, money being debited from accounts. If you look, um, I mean, you could put the sale of PPI into that category, I suppose. Um, if you look at uh, some of the charges that are levied on, uh, or historically were levied on bank accounts, that I think there is, and, and this is just sort of the, the banking industry, we're not even talking about mortgages, insurance, other financial services products, and I think it's important to bear in mind that all of those products are covered. This applies to every single regulated firm in every single sector, and it also applies to people in the to the firms that are in the distribution chain that may not be regulated because it's the obligation of the regulated firm to ensure that their consumer duty obligations are cascaded through a different distribution chain. And in particular to payment and e-money firms, it also applies to how these firms um, deal with agents and distributors who also have a consumer-facing role. So... We're looking to see how, uh, so the FCA has applied this obligation across the piece to, to all those firms and there sounds like there's lots of, there are lots of various levels and layers to it. Let's talk about the deadline first. What, what's the end point? July this year. Yes, I can see some of you nodding um, and maybe some of you are thinking, Oh, and the F word comes to mind because it actually is July this year for products and services that are currently on sale. Now, the FCA, I think, has appreciated that firms have a lot to do. They've got a lot of analysis to do. They've probably got change that they need to implement. And so the FCA have said that they'll be looking at this on a proportionate basis. And so if there are members of you in the audience today who are thinking, right, I really need to leave here and gen up on consumer duty, that you have time to actually think about your business, your products, your services, your consumers, and be in a position to take a proportionate approach as to what you need to do first. Um, and that is going to be in relative to your... Don't come and ask me what you need to do first. I'm not going to be able to answer that for you. Um, but it is on a proportionate basis. So you have got a little bit of breathing space. The other thing, though, to bear in mind is that there is another deadline next year, and that's um, July 2024, and that is for your uh, closed products. So if you have customers on products that you no longer sell, then you have to apply the consumer duty framework to all of those products and services as well and be sure that you're compliant by July 2024. So, Alexi, you and I and a few, see a few of the project regulator members here uh, in the audience. We had a couple of sessions recently for firms in the payment sector 
and uh, as I mentioned earlier, some of them were perhaps not as confident and comfortable about meeting the deadline um, as any of us would like. I think the FCA expects firms to be 80% through their implementation plan at the moment. And I, I think some of the firms mentioned being maybe 2 to 5% through their implementation plan. So uh, now, obviously, we're both in the consultancy sector and you would expect consultants to, you know, cause a bit of concern, a bit of ripple. But uh, I think where we can add value today is talking about some of the practical things that we've seen firms do, some of the areas that they might need to start looking at. And of course, one of the first starting points is deciding, defining what the target market is, uh, being able to identify where, you know, who you're aiming your product at, that sounds relatively simple. We should be able to pull that out from firms' businesses, their business-wide risk assessment. I think, I think, yes, it sounds relatively simple. I think that as firms have gone into their customer database, they will have information about those firms because they have to do KYC, they have to know who they're dealing with. But then there are certain categories of customer, like vulnerable customers uh, and, and maybe subcategories within there that, that that information is not going to be available to firms. So I think although they will know who their customers are, they might know who they are by their sort of name, address, uh, location. The question is, do they actually understand the, the sort of deeper categorization of those customers? Do they fall into categories that require special consideration? And this is not information that firms necessarily have needed to or, you know, is relevant to capture at the start of maybe when these products or services have been um, provided. So it's, it's not going to necessarily be easy for a number of firms to actually decide, you know, I don't say who their customers are, because they know who their customers are, I'm not phrasing this very well, but actually determine which bits of the consumer duty are going to be applicable to which part of their customer base, and then how best for those that maybe need more consideration or something different, how are they going to implement it? How are they going to communicate to those customers? So I think the thing is that the principle of the consumer duty, you know, which in effect is do better by your customers, give them the best outcomes, give them financial services products that are useful for them, no one's going to disagree with. But to actually go through that implementation, that segmentation, um, possibly having to write out to people to get information that you may not hold, you also reliant upon your own customers to provide that to you. Then there's the additional challenges of, if you're a firm that has agents and distributors, you know, what do you need to cascade into those arrangements because you are responsible for your, the compliance of your agents and distributors. If you are a firm also that is in a distribution chain, not just agents and distributors, but if you've got like these sort of retail distribution chains where the FCA talks about sort of manufacturers of products and distributors of products, if you've got that sort of segmentation as well, you need to be analysing, you know, where your customer duty responsibility ends and starts and, and then you've also got to think about the, the price and value of, of what you're supplying and providing to your customers. So for small firms who we know, you know, are challenged with resource, um, you know, it, it's not an insurmountable task but it's not an easy one as well. 
think the interesting one of the interesting points that you've just mentioned the um, segmentation of the client base really drilling down to who who they're who they're targeting um, a lot of businesses will start off they'll they'll know that they they want to they've got a great service they want to get it out to their customers and they're happy enough to draw customers from from different places you know who'll buy this product take it let's go I, I think there's a big element here um, that the FCA is very much emphasizing is you've got to be able to evidence that you're concluding so for instance you have a very well nicely designed website that explains what your service is uh, but it, and you know me as a sort of relatively educated consumer can read it and understand what I'm getting but if your client base is actually uh, people in this segment who have a reading level of this uh, can they understand that website uh, uh, you know because it's not you can't no, any longer say well I understand it so obviously it's clear uh, you know you've got to be able to show that it has been tested with the target market and and they have understood it or that changes have been made so that it can be understood exactly and some of the challenges for that is that you can only get to that level of granularity if you're actually doing consumer research and consumer testing you know, it, it, it can't be based on assumption and it can't be based on, well, as you say, you and I understand it, so others might understand it. And I think these are some of the challenges that firms are going to face, um, you know, particularly those firms that may be providing products and services, you know, into those uh, categories of vulnerable consumers, you know, very valid products and services. And but have they gone far enough in ensuring that their customers understand the products and services they're taking on? And also you've got to think that this has then got to be monitored and validated and then data provided to the FCA at the end of this journey to sort of substantiate everything that's been done. And yes, it is providing the right outcomes. And I think it's very challenging because I don't think any of us here really know exactly what that data needs to look like. And how are you going to evidence those endpoints to show that, that you're, you're compliant? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and uh, we we can see that there's a. Um, you were mentioning agents and distributors. There's clearly a lot of people in the the chain. I think one of the other interesting aspects of this is that. Uh, it, there's a, it's about material influence and so you mentioned at the beginning quite rightly that just because you do business to business does not get you out of the consumer duty mm -hmm. you may well be serving micro enterprise clients small charities those that might slip into those categories but there's also this additional element of material influence could the service that you provide to this other business end up having a material influence on the service provided to the end customer and the example that's given in the guidance is about safeguarding and so we can see that uh, that there will be a focus for banks that provide safeguarding accounts to be able to understand whether their safeguarding accounts might in some way have a material influence on the end customer yeah i, I think <laughs> I know FCA has put that into their guidance. I genuinely think that was a bad example. 
um, because we all know the challenges around even getting safeguarding accounts. It's not something that often providers have a choice over. You know, there, there might be just one provider that gives them a safeguarding account. Now, maybe the, the outcome of this, and now it's only because we're talking about it, is that, you know, the FCA actually have to go out and say, actually, more people need to provide safeguarding accounts because, you know, this is not working because there is a material influence in this chain. I, I personally, I don't see it that way. I struggle with that analogy. Um, but as I say, safeguarding is in the, in the FCA um, guidance with examples. But I think that's a very challenging one. And I think also, as we mentioned the topic of safeguarding, is that the FCA recently, um, just last week I think it was, sent a DSCO letter which, you know, two payments and e-money firms, which listed safeguarding as, as always, as a challenge, as high priority. Uh, and basically, to me, the bottom line is that if you're not safeguarding correctly, there's foreseeable consumer harm, you're in breach of consumer duty. Um, I put that quite bluntly, and I'm sure maybe there's others who agree, but the, the problem we have with that analogy is that we all know that safeguarding is really difficult, and that the way that firms are required to do it is not reality and practice. And so, you know, I'm sure the regulator wouldn't be taking that position, but that is the logical flow of the information that has come out of the FCA. Um, I just think that you know, with the best will in the world, firms are going to need time to, to get to grips with this, to embed this. I think the regulator has realised that there are challenges, unexpected consequences that they probably didn't anticipate when they were putting out all of their consumer duty guidance, um, that there is more work to be done, and by that I mean also more work to be done by the regulator. You know, I'm calling it out here, and I know it's difficult for regulators, we've sat on that side of the table, but, you know, it is very difficult for firms to be told these are the principles and off you go and get on with it. You know, we need more pointers, we need more examples, we need, um, you know, more flow diagrams even of how the FCA think this should be panning out. And importantly, and, I, and we're getting all sorts of notifications that we're running out of time, but I did want to mention that uh, no, the, the old analogy of, you know, you, you don't need, to, if the lion's chasing you, you don't need to be the fastest, but you need to not be the slowest or the last in the pack. And so we can see that there is a, a bit of a two-tier system being created in the uh, supervision of firms in terms of those that are applicants have to get their yeah. consumer duty absolutely right or they will just not get authorised, that for other reasons. Uh, but in terms of those that are authorised, there's the July deadline. We have asked the FCA, you know, we have made the point that this is, for the payment sector, a big step up. You know, there's, if you're in other areas of regulation, you may already have product governance requirements on you. You may have SMCR requirements, remuneration codes and the like, so you may have already got a bulk, a bulk of the material already developed. That hasn't been a requirement for payment and e-money institutions, so they haven't had to do that so far. All this is going to come down to supervision and how it's enforced 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that is the big ticket question, isn't it? And no one quite knows what's going to look like. I mean, the FCA we follow its normal principles of, you know, where do they see the biggest impact happening? You know, I'm sure that they've always got to focus on payments and e-money firms now, but they're going to be focusing on the larger players to start with because they do have the widest customer bases. This is about consumer harm who has the most consumers is a natural starting point, but it will filter down and it isn't going to be incumbent on all firms to actually have a reasonable story to give to the FCA. You might not have, you know, dotted all the I's and tossed, you know what I mean, (laughs) anyway. You might have not got it perfect, but you need to show that you've thought about it, you've made an effort. So if the FCA come knocking on your door, you know, you're not saying, sorry, what is the consumer duty? Because that will not be the best starting point. Or it doesn't apply to me because I'm business to business. Exactly. (laughs) So in summary, bearing head in sand is not a good approach. At least have a good look, have a well thought out, articulated position and prioritise, have a plan in place. Alexa, thank you very much. Thank you, Alison. Thank you very much. Thank you. To access more podcasts, videos and articles, go to thepaymentsassociation.org.